today, Perek HaMoitziyayin, which we'll discuss various different shiurim regarding the Molochah of Hitzah on Shabbos. HaMoitziyayin, one that's Moitzi, that takes out wine from Rosh Hashayachit to Rosh Hashayachit. What's the shear of wine? The minimum size, the minimum amount that is of wine to be chayiv. Kidei mezigas hakais. In order to dilute with water this uh, wine. As we'll see in the Gemara, that uh, we're talking over here about diluting three quarters water and one quarter wine. And what kind of a kais are we talking about? We're talking about a kais that can hold a revius. So that means that this is a quarter of a revius of wine that will be diluted with three quarters of water. And this is because in those times, the wine was extremely strong and it couldn't, you couldn't drink it without diluting it. The next thing, cholov, milk. Kedei gemiyeh, the amount of one gulp of uh, milk. Dvash, honey, kedei litein alakosis, in order to have enough to place on a wound. Rashi here brings two pshatim, whether this refers to a wound and an animal and horses and camels, and it was used for that purpose, or another pshat that refers to a wound by people. So although honey, of course, is used for human consumption, so why wouldn't we give the usual shear that there is when a person would eat or drink honey? But since this is a smaller shear, and it could be used for this as well, so this is the minimum shear to be chayiv. Shemen, the shear for, for oil, is kedelosoch ever cotton, enough to apply to a small limb of a baby, as we'll see in the Gemara. The Gemara will discuss an ever cotton, whether it's from an adult or from a baby. But if it's uh, enough of an amount to apply on a wound or on a uh, limb of a baby, that's uh, the, the minimum chiyuf, the minimum shear for the chiyuf. Mayim, water, kedei loshuf behemesakila. Enough in order to apply to a bandage that's used on the eyes. Vishar kalamashkin, all other mashkin, all other liquids, birivius. The shear is a revius, which is a quarter of a lug. Vachala shaivchen, and all other wastewater, birivius. Their shear is also for the amount of revius. The Gemara will explain what wastewater is useful for. Rabshimen argues and says, Kulan Berevius. All of the different liquids mentioned here in the Mishnah, their shear is a revius, not the smaller amounts that the Mishnah mentioned over here, whether regarding the honey, oil, and so on, or the water. None, the the shiurim of all of them is always a revius. The shiurim mentioned over here in the Mishnah only refers to people that actually are storing this amount. If they store this amount for this particular use, whether to apply to a avatar of a child or to a wound or so on, so then that shear will be enough to be chayev. But if it doesn't have at least that minimum amount, then even if he stores it and we see that he wants to use it, he won't be chayev. So as Rashi points out over here, Rab Shimon is arguing with what it said in the previous Mishnah, that when it comes to an individual that stores any particular amount, the very fact that he's storing this amount is a reason to be mechayevim, regardless of what that shear is. But here Rab Shimon is saying that even a person that's actually storing a certain amount, there has to be a certain minimum that it has a use for something. The fact that he is storing it is not enough. 
This is another pshat in what Abshimon is saying, a bit different than what we learned yesterday, the way the Gemara described before how Abshimon is arguing on the previous Mishnah. Let's go weiter, Tone. We learned in Abraisem. Kedei mezigas kais yofe. When it says in the Mishnah, the itama amount of wine is in order to dilute in a cup with water, we're talking about a kais yofe, a significant kais. Umay kais yofe, what's considered to be a kais yofe? Kais shal bracha. The kais used for bracha, whether for benching or in other cases for a mitzvah. So there's a halacha of kais shal bracha, which we learned about in the Gemara and brachis. There are all kinds of conditions in order that the cup should be fit to be used for the mitzvah, for the bracha, as Rashi here quotes some of them. So this is the, the, the size of the kais that we're talking about, which as we'll see in a moment, is a kais that has the size of revias. Rav Nachman, Omer Abba Baravue, so this kais shal bracha has to have a quarter of a quarter of a lug, a quarter of a revius of wine. So when you dilute this wine with three quarters of water, it'll be the size of revius. We could see this also from what it said in our Mishnah. The shear of taking out wine is kedei mizigas kais. The amount to dilute the wine in a cup of water. Tani Allah, and we learned in the Brais on this, the amount of a kaisiyofe, as we just mentioned. The Katani Seife, in the Seife of the Mishnah, it says, All mashkin, all liquids, their shear is a revias, besides those particular ones that the Mishnah spells out regarding dvash, shemen, and mayim, that they may have a smaller shear because it be used for some other purpose that's smaller. Otherwise, all mashkin are revias. So from this we understand when the Mishnah says kedei mizigas akais, it refers to a kais that after you dilute it with water is going to be a revias. The follows his opinion. The Amar Rav said. Kol chamre, any wine, the leidori alchat las maya, which is not diluted, one part of wine and three parts of water, so three quarters water, lav chamruhu. It's not wine fit for drinking. As I mentioned before, the wine in those times was extremely strong and it had to be diluted with three quarters of water. Omar Abaye disagrees. Shtei tshuvis bedava. There are two questions or two answers we could say on Ravis Pshad here. One question is, we learned in a Mishnah, this is a Mishnah in Mesech Nida that discusses various different colors and shades of red that are relevant to know regarding the dam of a Nida, the blood of a Nida, whether it is blood or not. So one of the things it mentions over there is, when you have wine which is diluted with two parts water, and one part wine, from the yayin, from the wine that comes from the city called Sharein. So it's diluted one third wine and two thirds water. So right over here you see that the way to dilute the wine is not three quarters water and one quarter wine, but only a third and two thirds. That's the first question. Another question on the shot here in the Mishnah that we said that we're talking about a person that's might see a quarter wine which will then be diluted with three quarters water. The water is still in a separate jug and you are just carrying the quarter of wine that has not been combined yet with the water, it hasn't been diluted with the water and it's going to combine to the shear and you'll be chayiv. 
How could you say that this is the shear of one quarter of wine and it's only because it will be diluted? Is it mitztaref? But it hasn't been diluted yet. Omalei Rav is a response to both questions. This, that you bring me a Mishnah where it mentions that there's two parts water and one part wine. That's talking about it's read together. Which is from this wine coming from this place of Shadain. The wine that comes from this place is different. It's, it's different than the regular wine. Why? It's a weaker wine. It doesn't need to be diluted so much. All other wines does have to be diluted, three quarters water and one quarter wine. But this wine is weaker wine and it's enough if it's diluted with two thirds water. Inami, another point is, There in that Mishnah we're not discussing about how wine is diluted to be fit for drinking. There we're discussing the shade of the red, the color red of the wine. To bring it as an example regarding the color of red that there is by Adam Nida to know if it's Tommy or not. So if it would be diluted any further, it wouldn't be as red, and it's not a good example to be used for the color that the mission is trying to explain there. So it's only talking about the color, not about what is fit for drinking. For the taste, to be able to drink the wine, has to be diluted with more water. The second question with the Ka'amrit, the question that you asked, the water is separately in a jug, and this person only took out the wine that will be diluted later, and then it, it could be mitztarif to the shear of a revius. You don't even have a revius together yet. And says Rove, Shabbos midi Regarding the malach of Aitzon Shabbos, what's needed over here is the minimum amount required for him to be chayiv is that it should be something significant, something that has a, a use, significant for a use. The very fact that this is the minimum amount that could be used. To then dilute and fill a cup of a revius, it makes it significant enough to be chayef with carrying this. Tone, we learned in Abraise, Yavesh Bekezayis. Wine that became congealed, the shear is the amount of the size of a kezayis, of an olive size. That's the minimum amount to be chayef. Divrei Rabnosen, this is the words of Rabnosen. Now, the reason why Rabnosen comes to the shear of a kezayis, as we'll see soon in the Gemara, because when you have wine, which is a revius, and it congeals, it, you'll end up with congealed wine that's a kezayis. Wine which is a revius, the amount of a revius is about the size of an egg and a half or something in that, uh, that area. When it congeals into a kezayis, a kezayis is about a half an egg or maybe even a third of an egg. So when it congeals, it goes down in size and, into a kezayis. Wine which is congealed cannot be used to be combined, to be diluted with water. So therefore, a reva revius, a quarter of a revius, would not be enough to be high for the hoitzah. So wine which is congealed, it has to be from an amount of wine which was actually a full revius. And therefore we come to this measurement of a kezayis, because wine of a revius which is congealed is a kezayis. So this is Rabnasen's opinion. Omer Rav Yosef, said Rav Yosef, Rav Nosen, Rav Yosef, Rav Yehuda, Omer Udover Echad. Rav Nosen and Rav Yosef, Rav Yehuda both said the exact same point. Rav Nosen had Amaran. Rav Nosen is the point that we just learned that the liquid of the wine, when it becomes congealed, it will be in the amount of a kezayis. If it was when it was a liquid, it was a revius. When it becomes congealed, it will be a kezayis. That's what Rav Nosen said. 
And Rabbi Yisab, Rabbi Yehuda, and Rabbi Yisab, Rabbi Yehuda says the same point. The Tanya we learned in Abraise. Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Yehuda said, Shisha Beshamai. He reported six different cases where Beshamai was lenient. And Hillel was stringent. Unlike usual, where Hillel is the one that's mekel, is lenient, and Beshamai is the one that's machmer, Rabbi Yehuda reported six halachis that it was the other way around. What was one of them? Beisham, dam nevela, um, the dam nevela, the blood that comes from a dead carcass, which is tomei beishamai mitaren. Beishamai says the the tume is only on the on the animal itself, on the flesh of the animal, but not the blood. The blood will be tohir. Rashi here brings two pshatim, whether tohir means completely tohir, or it only means that it does not have the same level of tume as the flesh itself, it has a lower level of tume. Or beisilol mitamen. Basil will say even the blood is also Tomei. On this, Omer Ab Yesib Rab Yehuda, Af Keshetimu Basilol, even when Basilol said that the blood of the animal is Tomei, so the reason why they said the blood is Tomei is because the blood could be compared to the flesh itself. Why is that? Because it becomes congealed. So Leitimu El Abidam Sheyeshbaidivis. They were only metame by blood that has the minimum amount of Rivis. Because even when it becomes congealed, it'll be the minimum size of a kezayis, which is the minimum amount that causes tumah. So what do we see over here? Rabbi Yisab Rabbi Yehud is saying the same point. When you have a liquid that is the amount of a revius, when it congeals, it's going to be the amount of a kezayis. Exactly like Rabbi Nassim said. So the Gemara responds to this, No, we can't compare. Before we were talking about wine, now we're talking about blood. It's not the same thing. Dilme loihi. There's no comparison here. At When did Rab say what he said here? In the case of blood, the boy revius, that it's necessary to have the amount of a revius in order that when it's congealed, it will be a kezayis. Ella. Again, Rabnasim, that is. We're talking about Rabnasim, which is talking about wine, not about blood. So when did Rabnasim say regarding wine that you have to have the amount of revius so that when it becomes congealed, it'll be a kezayis? Ela in the kolish. Talking about wine, which has more of a watery substance. So therefore, it doesn't congeal that fast. And once it congeals, it loses a lot of its volume and it will be only a kezayis. From, from, you're going you're to have to have a, a larger amount of revius to have uh, the amount of a kezayis once it congeals. Avobedam de samich, but blood, which is a thicker substance, kezayis, to get blood congealed, a kezayis, leboi revius, maybe you don't need so much, you don't need a revius, even less of a revius, once it congeals, it congeals much, much quicker, it would still be a kezayis. So there's no comparison. Or the Gemara says, we can say the same point, but the other way around. Inami, possibly. At When did Rabbi Yisrael Rabbi Yudha say over there regarding the case of blood? The Kezayis, Sagile Berevius, that once it's congealed, it, in order to get it to be a Kezayis, it'd be enough if when it was in a liquid form. It was only a Revius. Regarding blood, which is a thicker substance, the amount of Revius is enough to have a kezayis in it once it's congealed. Avayai in the kolish, but wine, which is a watery substance, and it doesn't congeal so quickly, kezayis havayaisim revius. In order to get the amount of a kezayis once it congeals, you're going to need to have more than a revius when it was still a watery substance, when it was still liquid. 
And therefore, even if someone is mighty less than a kazayas of this wine, once it congeals, he'll still be chayiv, because even less than a revias, when it was liquid, again, even less than a kazayas, that is, once it's congealed, even if it's less than a kazayas, when it was liquid, it was a revias. It takes a revias to congeal to become even less than a kazayas. If when it congeals, it's a kazayas, Possibly, regarding wine, which is more of a watery substance, when it was liquid, it was more than a revius. So therefore, we can't compare the case of blood to the case of wine. It's a different kind of a substance. Wine is more liquidy and watery, and the, and the, uh, the blood is more of a thicker substance, and therefore, no comparison. Going to the next case of the Mishnah, Cholov Kedei Gmiya. Comes to milk, the amount is a gulp of milk. Ibayalohu. So the Gemara asks a technical question here regarding the spelling of this word. Do we spell it with an Aleph or do we spell it with an Ayin? It says there, when Yitzchak tells Rivka to give him to drink from the water, so he uses the term with an Aleph. So we see it should be spelled with an Aleph. Although in most places it's spelled with an Ayin, but the Gemara here says that the right spelling is with an Aleph. The Gemara now will ask a few similar questions regarding the spelling. The question was also asked regarding the word Garinin. Garinin or Garinin? Is it spelled with an Aleph or with an Ayin? The translation of Garinin are pits. So how do you spell this word? And we will minimize from his value. So minimize we will take away. That's what the word vinigra here means. Similarly, a pit, as Rashi says, is something that you take out and you throw out when you eat the fruit. So therefore, the word garinin with an ayin comes from the word vinigra. Another question, the question was asked, the word oimemais, which is, refers to coals, uh, coals that are dimmed. So the word is spelled with an aleph or an ayin. Amravitzak the cedar trees did not darken him in Ganeiden, in Ganalakim, that is. So we see Amamuhu, it refers to the dim and the darkness with an ayin, not with an aleph. One more, the Gemara asks, Do we read the word ma'amtsin with an aleph or ma'amtsin with an ayin? This is in a Mishnah where it talks about closing the eye of a person that passed away on Shabbos. So is it read with an aleph or an ayin? There's a clear pasuk where it says one closes his eyes and not not to see anything evil, and it's written with an ayin. If you are carrying out on Shabbos the milk from an animal, cow's milk, for example, so the amount is the gulp of milk, like it said in the Mishnah. The milk of a woman. The of a human milk, the loven shall beitze, the loven that is, or the white of the egg. What's the minimum amount of this? In order to put to mix it into the ointment that's placed on the patch or on the bandage of an eye. So this is ordinarily used for this purpose. So therefore, that's the shear. Killer, this patch of the eye, this bandage, enough to uh, use uh, with water, and uh, it's, it's used for two eyes. That's the minimum amount. Boy Ravashi. Ravashi asked the question, Kidei Shifa, the amount of the ointment that's used for this killer, for this uh, bandage, 
is the minimum amount what's used, the actual ointment that's used to be applied on this bandage, that's the shear. Or perhaps it has to be a bit more because when a person is applying it, some of it gets uh, stuck to his hands and therefore not all of it goes onto the bandage and therefore he uses a bit more. So is the shear perhaps also including that little bit more that will get stuck to his hands? Teiku, the Gemara does not resolve this. Devash, going on to the Mishnah, we learned about honey, kedelitin ala kosis, to place on a wound. Tone, we learned in Abraise, kedelitin al pikosis, to place it on the pee, on the opening of the wound. So the Gemara wants to now understand what this means. Boy Ravashi, so Ravashi asked a question. Al kosis, when we say here on the wound, apuma de kula kosis, so it refers to the surface and the opening of the entire wound. That's what pikosis means in this Abraise. Idilma, or perhaps Amorshe Kama de Kosis on the outer layer of this um, of this wound. In other words, where there's an opening of the wound, where's the pus, the opening of the wound, that's where you place the honey. And Hudrana um, again, Amorshe Kama de Kosis, La Fuke Hudrana de Loi. Excluding the surrounding areas of the wound where you don't place the honey and therefore it doesn't have to, have to have the amount to be placing it on the entire wound. Take Gemara doesn't resolve this. Now we're going to have a very, very interesting piece of Gemara going through very, various different things in the world that the Abisha created and what's the purpose of their creation. Everything that the Abisha created in this world, he didn't create anything for no reason. Everything is created for a purpose. How many times did the Rebbe quote this Gemara and apply it to so many different things in the world, in life, where a person looks at things and sees that it seems like they serve no purpose whatsoever. And yet, everything in the world has its purpose. Let's take a look over here what the Gemara says right now. Shablul. What is the purpose of the Ebesha creating a shablul, which is a snail? Lekosis. This is used to be placed on a wound, to heal a wound. Barazvuv, <clears throat> the Abish creates a fly, Litsira, in order to be placed and to heal a bite of a tzira, of a, of a bird, or some kind of a bird, or maybe a wasp that, that bites a person. Yitush, the Abish created a mosquito, Lenochosh, to place on a bite of a snake. Nochosh, a snake is created, Lechafofis. In order to uh, heal a person from chafafis, a kind of uh, skin condition, boils on the skin. Smomis, the Abish created a type of lizard, la'akrov, to heal from the bite of a scorpion. Now the Gemara goes back, as the Bach over here explains in Nois Gimel, nochash lechafafis heichiyavid. How do you do, what do you do with um, using the, a snake for chafafis, for a shechin, for some kind of a skin condition a person has. Ma'isi chada ochma, you bring one that's black, v'chada chivre, one that's white, v'shal kiluhu, and you cook it well in a pot, v'shayfile, and then you apply it to this uh, skin condition. Okay, we already had these things in the Gemara before, and we know already what it says, that n'shtanu ativim, and to apply this uh, today, is not necessarily going to work. The Masha points out regarding this Gemara, that the Gemara is not really giving us a full explanation why the Abish created all of these things. Because ultimately you could still ask the question, what's the purpose of the Akrav? It didn't explain that. It didn't explain what's the purpose of the Tzira. It's only explaining what's the purpose of these other things to heal the bite of the Tzira or the bite of the Akrav and so on. But it doesn't. Have, there's no full explanation over here. So the, the Marsha says the Gemara is not really attempting to give an explanation for every single thing that's created. 
Some things have an obvious purpose, including something like a nochash and a akrav, which bite. So their purpose is to, to bite and harm those that deserve a punishment or those that have to be eliminated. That, uh, that's obvious. But the Gemara here wants to explain certain tiny creatures that seem to serve absolutely no purpose. Like, for example, a snail or a lizard that has absolutely, you see no positive or negative, constructive or destructive uh, uh, cause that it serves. So therefore the Gemara explains what are they doing in this world. And therefore the Gemara shows it does have a certain purpose, it does accomplish something. There's a similar idea that the Rebbe brings in a Sikha to Makas Tzfardeya. There's a Medrash that says that if not for Makas Tzfardeya, the Eibishter would not be able to punish Pare. There's something unique about the Makas Tzfardeya that stands out from all the other Makas. So the Rebbe so asks the question, what's so unique about Tzfardeya as opposed to everything else, all the other of the nine Makis? And the, the Rebbe says that the point is Tzfardeya, the frog, is an entity that exists in the world that has no positive purpose seemingly and no negative purpose. It doesn't bother anybody, it doesn't provide anything, any positive benefit to anybody. So what's this existence in the world? It seems to be existing without any purpose. When the Tzfardeya comes along and contributes to the Mak of Tzfardeya to show the greatness of the Eibisha to bring this Mak here, so this proves and this demonstrates how even the Tzfardeya is created for a purpose. Similar to the point that the Masha says in the Gemara here. We learned in Abraisa, Chamisha Eimaisein. There are five cases of fear where there's an Eimas Cholosh al Gibar, the fear of one that's weak upon the one that's more mighty. And they are as follows. Amos Mavgia Alari, the fear of a Mavgia, which is some kind of a small creature, but it can make a very loud noise, and even a lion becomes afraid of it. It thinks that this, there's some large creature that's coming to attack it. Amos Yitush Alapil, the fear of a mosquito is upon the elephant, because the mosquito goes into the nose of the elephant and annoys it, so he's afraid of these mosquitoes. Amos Mamis Ala Akrov, the fear of the lizard is on the scorpion because the lizard goes into the ears of the Akrov and annoys it. Amos Snunis Alanesha, the fear of a Snunis, which is a kind of a smaller bird, upon the eagle, which is a large bird, and also because the, the bird goes into its, um, the small bird goes into its uh, uh, wings and it doesn't allow it to fly. Amos Kilbis Alavyasan, the fear of a Kilbis, which is a really tiny creature, a small fish, upon the Levyasan, also because it goes into its nose and it annoys it. So here we see that Abishta creates things that are small, but nevertheless, they serve a purpose and they even other larger and more mightier creatures are afraid of them. Oh, Marav Yudamarav, Rav Yudamarav brought a source from this, Maikra. It says in the Pasuk, Hamavlig Shoid al Eiz. Shoid, which over here, the Gemara Darshan says, referring to someone which is downtrodden, someone which is smaller. So his fear is upon those that are mighty. Zaktik Gemara Amar Abzeira, so that's the Bach here, is Gaidis in the Gemara. Ashkechei le Rav Yehuda, da havakoya pischa de bechamua. I encountered Rav Yehuda that was standing at the doorpost of his father-in-law, and I saw that he is very, his mind is, is he's very um, happy and, and open for me to, to ask him questions. I can ask him anything about that goes on in the entire world and he'll answer me. So he asked, he asked Rab Zayda, that is, asked Rab Yehuda, my time is imri. Why is it in the flock of the animals, first in the front go the goats, and behind them come the sheep? 
Why is that their uh, teva, their nature? Amalei, so he answered him, It's the same in the way, the order of creation. First was Ere, first was darkness, and then and then then came light. So this nature in the world is resembling this nature of creation right from the beginning. This is something which is brought in Chassidus in many places. The entire creation is created first with a tzimtzum, with a helen, where the Ebishter conceals his presence and allows for the world to emerge as an independent existence. And then, in the world, we're able to draw light and introduce the presence of the Ebishter back into the world. And so too, in every person's individual life, many, many things many revelations and uh, accomplishments in a person's life have to come first with challenges and and hardships and darkness and that brings about light. So the Gemara here is actually a source of encouragement. When a person sees a matzav of darkness, he knows that this is Bereisha, this is just at the beginning, but behind there's a greater light of revelation that's going to come. Uh, or sorry, we're holding where it says my time. So now the Gemara is going to go through many, many different things that there are amongst the animals and so on. If you take a look in the Marsha here, the Marsha says that all of these things in the Gemara could be also understood as a mashal, a mashal on Yidin, a mashal on Teire, a mashal on the relationship between Yidin and Goyim and so on. It's a big Arichas here in the Marsha and he explains this all as a mashal. Just like this first thing we learned over here about the way the, the goats and the sheep walk, it's all a mashal for the existence of the world and so on the highest of the Eivishter in the world. The same is also true regarding all the rest of the things that the Gemara says here. So he asked him the following question. My time, What's the reason why that the sheep have, are, are, they are covered with a tail and the uh, goats are not covered with a tail, have no tail? So he answered him, Hani the machasina minayu, the sheep that we share their wool and we make clothing from them, we cover ourselves with the with the their wool. So machasya. So David gave them a tail to be covered. Vahani machasina minayu, the goats, we do not use goats here to make clothing. Megalian, so they do not have a tail, it's uncovered. My time he asked him, what's the reason? Gamla Zutignufse, a camel has a short tail. And so he answered him, Mishum the Ochl Kisi. Because it's the nature of the camel to eat thorns, and therefore, if he's going to have a long tail, his uh, tail is going to get entangled in the th- in the thorns. That is, my time tura ariche gnufte. Why does an ox have a long tail? So the answer is mishum ba'agmi, because he lives in swamps kakushi baki, and he needs a long tail to hit the uh, mosquitoes that are bothering him. My time, uh, what's the reason? Karna de Kamtserachicha. The antennas of the grasshoppers are soft. So he answered him, Shum de Dairi Bechilfi, because these grasshoppers live in grass. The Ikashia, and if it's going to be hard and stiff, Nadia will move and break, Umisavra, and they become blind. This, the division of the grasshoppers is dependent on their antennas. If you want to uh, blind a um, grasshopper, pull out its uh, antennas. What's the reason that the eyelids of a chicken, so the bottom eyelid goes on top of the top eyelid, unlike all other creations where it's the other way around. So the answer is the Dairi Adafi. 
because they live on rafters and they live high up. And therefore, if the smoke that goes up and will enter into their eyes, Miss Avra, they will become blind. So the Abisha created the eyelids in a way that it covers over, that it shouldn't make them blind. Now he asked them regarding different Aramaic words, what's the meaning of these words? Dasha. What's the meaning of the word Dasha, which means a door? Derech Sham. It's a way to enter through there. Darga, which is the word in Aramaic for a ladder. Derech Gag. The way up going to a roof. Maskulisa which means a certain kind of spice. It's a combination of Masai Tichleda. When will the spice finish? Rashi here has two pshat. And one pshat is a person is worried when he's not going to have any spices. What is he going to eat? His food will have no taste. Or another pshat, since the spices are not used uh, that often, in other words, it's used a little bit at a time, so a person is always, um, always has enough of it. He says, when, when will it finish? He has it for a very long period of time. Besa. A house in Aramaic. Boy ve'esivba. I will come and sit in it. Biksa, which refers to a smaller hut. Be'aksa. It's a place which is too uh, too small, too too small for a person to live in it. Aksa. It's, it's it's narrow. It's small for a person. Kufsa. It's a few pshatimir. One of the pshatim is it's a kind of a barrel. Uh, that you can use to, to sit in it. Kuf ve'sev. If you turn it upside down, you can sit in it. Livni bricks. Livnei bani, you build with it a house for future generations, for your children's children. Hutza, hutza is uh, is uh, kinds of twigs or uh, thorns and things like that that can be used for a gate. Chatzitza, its purpose is just to create a separation. Chatzva, a uh, a jug that can be used to to, to draw water. Shachitziv, so it means shachitziv ma'im and anar that you draw water from the river. That's the meaning of the word chatzva. Kuza, which is a smaller jug. Kozeh, when a person sees a kuza, he says to his friend, Oh, this amount, this amount you can give me, you can afford to give me this amount. Shutisa, which is a branch of a hodas. Shutisa, shtusa that is. This is someone, something that then the custom was, they used it to juggle. Uh, as we know, the famous Gemara, I'm going to get to uh, juggling that Rabbi Shmuel by Yitzchak, I believe it was, that used this to juggle by a chasana, to bring the simcha to a chasana and kala. So it's, it's, it's the behavior of a shtus that uh, is uh, usually done with this uh, branch of hadas. Maskil, mashichla, mashichla. This is a vessel that's used to wash yourself from it. Mashikula, it's a large vessel that everybody washes themselves from it. Mashchilta is also a vessel that people wash themselves from it, but it's a smaller vessel that only prominent people wash themselves from it. Mashia kalsa, it's designated for example, like a kala, a, a, a bride to wash herself from this. Asisa. Asisa is a is a the vessel that's used to crush in it. Chasirta. It's a vessel that has a cavity that you can uh, crush in it. Buchna. Buchna is the tool that you use to crush. Boiva kena. Come and let me bang you. Let me hit. Let me crush with this. Levusha. What is the word levusha, which refers to the outer garment that a person wears? Loi busha. Now, if a person wears this, he's not embarrassed. As Rashi says, it covers the undergarments or any other garments that may not be uh, so uh, respectable. Glima is yet another outer garment that covers the person completely and even conceals the shapes of his limbs. Shanasa by Kagailim. A person becomes like one block of wood, the shape of his body, when he wears this uh, glima. Gulsa. Gulsa is a more choshevic uh, kind of uh, clothing uh, that a person wears. Gali ve'esif. When a person wears his garment, he doesn't want to sit on it and that it shouldn't get dirty. He uncovers, he, he lifts it up and he sits down. 
Puriya, a bed in Aramaic is called Puriya, Shepadim Varabnala. This is the place where a person procreates and has children. Bor Zinka, Bor Zinka, that is, an empty pit. Bor Zenaki, it means this pit is clean. Sudra, the word Sudra is a handkerchief or a, which was used then as a head covering. Tamid Chachamim or all, today all people wear a yarmulke as a head covering was called a Sudra. Said Hashem Lireyev, this is a secret of the Abishra for those that fear him. Apadna, which refers to a palace of a king. Apischadein. Everybody comes to this door. Everybody comes over here to get judged by the king or to serve the king and so on. Okay. Tanerabanam. We learned in Abraise There are three kosmanshem askinen. The older they get, meisifin gvura, they become mightier. The Elohein, and these are the three: dog, nachosh, and a chazer, a fish, a snake, and a chazer, and a pig. Going to the next, next thing in the Mishnah, we learned in the Mishnah, Shemen, the amount of oil, the minimum amount of oil to be mighty, to be chayv and Shabbos, is to be used to apply to a small limb. So it was said by the Yeshiva of Rabbi Yanai, Shemen, shell cotton. The amount is to apply to the limb, a small limb of a small baby, Ben Yoyma, even one day old. That's how small the amount is enough to be chayv. Meisvei, the Gemara asks from what we learned in Abraiset, says, Shemen, kidei losoch ei vekotten ben yoimai. Oil to be used to anoint, to apply to the aver of a cotton, and then it says, cotton ben yoimai. The cotton, which is a ben yoimai. So it's, it sort of says it as two different things, aver cotton, and then cotton ben yoimai. My love, don't you think the pshat of you here in this price is as follows, aver cotton de godel, it has to be an amount that could be used for a small limb of an adult, and then, or, the Bais is saying, or, or a large limb of a child, of a baby even, that's a ben yaymai. But not a small limb of a small baby. So they said by Rabbi Yana, no, that's not the pshat. It has to be read together. The amount of oil used to anoint, to apply to a uh, small aver of... A baby that's a ben yoimai. It's not two separate things the Brais is saying. Laimikatanoi, shall we say, that this statement of Rabbi Yanai is an argument amongst Tanoim. Because it says in the Brais as follows, Kidei shemen, kidei losoch eve cotton, amount of oil to apply to a small limb, the cotton ben yoimai, and the child is one day old. Divrei Rabshim ben Aloza. Rabnasan says, Kidei losoch eve cotton. To apply to a small limb. So it's not exactly clear what their argument is. So my love, Bahaka Mifligi, don't you think that they're arguing about this point over here? That Rabshim ben Allah's opinion is Ava cotton, shell cotton. He's clarifying that it's a small limb of a small baby. That's what he meant to say when he said Ava cotton, vik cotton ben Rab Nasan Savar, on the other hand, Rab Nasan is saying Ava cotton. Only Ava cotton, a small limb. He doesn't add the cotton ben yoimai because it has to be a Ava cotton the godel. Has to be a small limb of an adult. I, or according to him, Ava godel the cotton. A large limb of a baby would also be enough of an amount. Avo Ava cotton shell cotton ben yoimai loy. But as Rabshim ben Alaza said, that even a small limb of a baby, that not. So that's how it would be. It would come out that Rabbiyanai's statement that we're talking about, the amount of oil for a small limb of a baby, is a machlaikis here. And says the Gemara Eloi, we can say really as follows. The Kula Alma 
Eva cotton the cotton ben loy. It's possible that both of these Tanoyim will disagree with Rabbiana's interpretation of our Mishnah. If it's small enough only to be used for a small limb of a small baby, that's not going to be enough. The lesser the Rabbiana, and none of them agree to what Rabbiana said. And here the argument would be interpreted as follows. Either it has to be the amount used for a small limb of an adult, or for the amount used for a, a larger limb of a baby. They are the same. Either one would be okay. But not of a small limb of a small baby, like Rabbiana said. Rabbiana's opinion is, Eve cotton the godl in the small limb of a godl of an adult. That's an amount that's that's uh, enough to be chayiv. Eve godl the cotton ben yoymei loy, but a a large limb of a baby that's a ben yoymei, which is a little bit smaller of an amount. That not that's what the argument is about. But everybody will agree that if it's a small limb of a baby, that that won't be enough. So it would come out now that nobody agrees to what Rabbiana said. What was the conclusion regarding this subject, regarding the Pshat and the Mishnah, of how we learn the Pshat of Shem and Kedilosach Eve Cotton? So the Gemara brings another Braise, Toshema, and another place it says the opinion of Rabshim ben Alazar, the Tanya Rabshim ben Alazar, Oimer, Shemen, the amount of oil to be Chayev, Kedilosach Eve Cotton, Shell Cotton ben Yoimai. The amount used for a small limb of a baby that's ben yoimai. So we clearly see that this was the Pshat and Rabshim's opinion, Rabshim ben Alaza's opinion. So we have a source for Rabbiana's interpretation of our Mishnah.